0: It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now.
1: We can acknowledge, I know that you're not going to enjoy this. Let's talk about what it is. You're afraid and this is why you're afraid. And the research has basically found that when we acknowledge it, when we slow it down, when we honour our children's feelings, let them know it's okay to be scared and don't criticise them, they do fine.
0: And now here's the stars of our show My mum and dad.
1: Hey, Kylie, I've got to ask, when you were a a kid, how did you go with needles? Did you have any memorable needles or vaccination moments? Were you one of those kids that passed out when the little sliver of shiny silver came out to get poked and prodded with?
0: Well, the first memory I have of having a blood test, I don't actually remember vaccinations at all. Right. But the first time I had to have a blood test, I would have been 12, maybe 13, and I was very unwell. And I had to lie down uh-huh. and I cried. Right. and th- Was
1: this before or after the needle? Before. Right.
0: And the old lady who was taking my blood, she was really gruff and just told me to stop being a sook. Yeah. And got really upset at me. I
1: missed the 1980s.
0: <laughs> and then I tried to get up off the bed and I fainted.
1: Oh, really? You, yes. You hit the deck? I did. And did she say, get up, stop being a sook? <laughs>
0: So it was it was a very traumatic experience for me.
1: Yeah, you you seem to do okay with needles nowadays. You've had plenty of them.
0: Well, once you've had six babies, you kind of just, you know.
1: You just lay there and (laughs) take it, right? Another little show, jab me again. (laughs) Do it again. Uh, I'm the founder of happyfamilies.com.au, the author of six books about raising uh, kids, and you're the mum of our six daughters, and we are the Happy Families podcast hosts. Uh, Today, we're talking about something that many families are dealing with right around the country as we look to have children aged 5 to 11 vaccinated against COVID. Now, we're not going to get caught up in the politics of whether or not you should should or shouldn't. At the moment, the expectation is that kids from 5 to 11 will, and, and certainly all children, is it 15 or 16 and over, something like that? They're, they're, they've got to be double-vaxxed and, and maybe even boosted in time, otherwise uh, they're not going to be allowed to participate fully in life in a lot of ways.
0: But the reality is, whether it's COVID vaccination or a blood test or another immunisation, your children are going to be faced with needles at some point. Yeah,
1: if you, if you want to travel to many countries, there's an expectation that you have to have certain boosters or certain shots or whatever it might be. So we thought today we might talk about what research tells us about how best to uh, help the children deal with getting a needle and I think that we really need to get straight to the the pointy end of this conversation is that right do you think that was a sharp comment mm. let me let me inject some humor into the conversation
0: <laughs> okay let's stop there I've I've got a tip for you <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I'm
0: actually quite (laughs) interested. Is there actually research
1: on how we can help kids? There is. and and When it comes to receiving needles. So so this is about pain management. Okay, so effective pain management, according to the um, United Nations, the um, WHO, um, World Health Organization, it's a basic human right. It's it's good ethical practice to have effective pain pain management it's fun it's a fundamental human right according to the the major global organizations and when you're giving children needles uh, it's not just about saying line up stick a needle in you off you go you need to make sure that they're going to be taken care of it's it's important because needles can be traumatizing you you shared your story about your your passing out can I share a quick one actually I'm going to share two really quickly when the, the whole thing do you tell the kids or not tell them like, like okay, kids, we're going to get in the car. Am we going to go? We've and get done it. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mum, when uh, I was probably about eight, put me in the car and took me into Gosford, growing up on the New South Wales Central Coast, and said, "Oh, we've got to go and see the doctor about something." We got to the building, and as we were getting out of the car, mum said, "Well, we'll just go and get your needle, and then we'll be done with it, or something, whatever it was." She told me I was going to get a needle. She literally had to pull me out of the car. I'm this eight-year-old and I was fighting for life. There was probably about big, big, like 10 meters wide concrete steps to the top of this building where everyone was walking in to get their vaccinations for whatever. And mum literally was dragging me up the stairs. Oh. And I I mean, I'm talking, she had one arm and I was, you, you know, you see it every now and again in the shows, this kid trying to run away from the parents and they've got one arm and I was, I was not going to go in there. In the end, she got me in there and they gave me the needle and I don't remember. The, the worst part was getting dragged up the stairs. I don't remember the needle. And, and, and uh, I don't know, a year or two later, I remember, or maybe it was a year or two before, um, I went into the doctor's surgery. Sitting in the surgery, mum said, well, it's time for the needle now. And the doctor had to drag me up from under his desk. Like I was on a needle phobic.
0: I'm not laughing
1: at you, I promise. Needle phobic. So... Research tells us that we've got to manage this well because it can be pretty traumatizing.
0: It's interesting because, like I said, we've we've done this a few different ways with our kids over the years. Yeah. And the most effective way that we have found to deal with this with our children is to literally sit them down and talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first time we did that, I thought this is not going to go well. How do you have a conversation with your four-year-old about the fact that they're about to have some sharp, pointy thing stabbed in their arm? And it's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, And if you've got daughters, by the time they're teens, they're going to have done this, like the first six years particularly, but even through their teen years, there's a lot of needles to be given.
0: She blew me away. Mm -hmm. I told her that it was going to be like a bee sting. She'd had a few of those already, so she knew what it was like. And I said, it really, really hurts when it first happens. And I said, and then it slowly disappears. And she looked at me and she said, I don't really want
1: a bee sting. (laughs) No, that's right. I'm not looking for them.
0: And I said to her, I know, but this one's going to make sure you don't get sick. And she kind of looked at me and she said, okay. And we went, literally walked into the doctor's. I didn't even have to hold her. She just sat there. She looked at him. She said, okay, I'm ready. And, and he stabbed her.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, a lot of parents and, are sort of and, going. And
0: I'm like, my <laughs> eyes were all watery. And she looked at me and she went, Huh. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was.
1: Right. But, but a lot of parents don't get to have that experience, even when they have the conversation. Well, we so,
0: have a 17-year-old who's not like that at all.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about what the science I says. I just realised mm.
0: she takes after you. Oh, it's you. you. It's your can, fault. Can we just get back to
1: the science and stop? <laughs> stop Actually, let's, let's do that right after the break. It's the Happy Families Podcast. Imagine a home where discipline got results without anyone having to feel bad or in trouble. The Do's and Don'ts of Discipline is a webinar to help parents set limits with love, compassion and humanity. Find it now at happyfamilies.com.au slash shop.
0: It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the Thai poor parent who just wants answers now. And we've just worked out (laughs) Justin is to blame.
1: I'm okay with needles nowadays, okay? Oh, my poor... I'm a grown manly man and I'm fine with it. When we have a look at research, uh, scientific research tells us that distraction interventions matter. They're important. So a distraction intervention is basically – there's all kinds of – so you can get them to listen to something, you can get them to look at something, you can get them to – so there's acupressure or touch, all those kinds of things. Uh, Interestingly, the ones that I've just mentioned – In a recent meta-analysis, 2021 paper, looking at a whole lot of studies, different distraction interventions, those ones don't work well at all. I was about to say. Yeah, they're they're the ones that don't work. So if you're saying, hey, listen to this, or let's listen to some music while we jab you with the needle, uh, let's get you to think about something else. Imagine you're on a white sandy beach, doesn't work, touch that doesn't work. Holding their hand or getting them to squeeze your hand doesn't work. Does and, lollies work? And acupressure doesn't work. Well that's not a distraction intervention. We're gonna talk about lollies and rewards in a sec. The ones that do work, you ready? According I'm waiting. according to the twenty twenty one meta analysis that I'm using and we'll put this in the show notes for so people that want more. Clowns. A clown distraction works. So any parents who can be clowns or any parents who can afford to hire a clown for the vaccination, go for your life. You? But they've actually done studies with clowns in hospitals. Um, we're actually. What talking, if
0: the clown's the one giving the needle?
1: We're talking about kids with chronic pain who are getting a lot of injections here. So they're, they're going to be in hospitals where there are clowns, which is why that one makes sense. Uh, the other one that really does work is visual distraction. So, getting them to watch YouTube or funny cat videos on, um, on on the internet, something like that can genuinely make a difference. They Those are the two, if you're going to distract, that seem to be most effective.
0: So, what about rewards? Would you recommend them?
1: Definitely. Uh, and the research shows that now I'm not a big rewards kind of guy. In fact, for most parenting, I would say avoid rewards at all costs. But uh, you mentioned one of our kids who's terrified, terrified of needles and rewards – even that's barely enough, but a really cool reward is usually enough. And what we found with our children is that when we promise them that once this is done, we're going to go and get you that treat, they're usually pretty well willing to put up with any level of pain at all so that they can get the treat. Um, And then research evidence would suggest that a reward is enough to help a child get through it. It's not necessarily a pain management strategy, but it is a way to get the child immunised and hopefully you've got somebody who can work with you on those other distractions.
0: One of the other things that I've noticed over the years is we've had to take multiple children through mm. <laughs> through this process, is just acknowledging that it does hurt and it's okay to have a cry.
1: Well, this is the critical thing. So I found another research paper looking at some qualitative study, uh, just talking to nurses, to parents and to children as they were going through uh, through the injection process. And what they found is that, number one, kids are definitely afraid. Full stop end of story. What they're mostly afraid of is the needle going in, the pain of that. But the researchers found that the kids – tend to find the after effects of the needle worse. That is, it comes out and that's when the sting and the, the, the after effect, the sore arm, that kind of stuff happens. And in terms of what parents can do, we can essentially acknowledge, I know that you're not going to enjoy this. Let's talk about what it is. Let's name it. You're afraid and this is why you're afraid. Let's talk through how it's going to happen and answer any questions. And the research has basically found that when we acknowledge it, when we slow it down, when we honour our children's feelings, let them know it's okay to be scared and don't criticise them, they do fine. I mean, you don't want to talk about it too much. It's not like you want to talk about it for the next 10 days leading up to the injection because they've got all that time to worry about it. But on the morning, sit down and say, all right, kiddo, in the next five minutes, we're going to jump in the car. Here's what's going to happen. And the research evidence suggests that that's a really powerful way to do it. What we don't want to do is criticise. We don't want to disregard, like this will do you good or it's only a tiny little thin needle. It's not going to hurt that much.
0: So do you have any advice for parents who are dealing with children with additional needs like autism?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this can be really tricky. There's a diverse way, a a diverse range of ways that we might respond depending on our child. I think that what we really want to do is talk clearly Acknowledge those feelings, minimize distractions. When we're talking about, especially children who have got sensory issues, a needle is already a major sensory issue. We don't want to have a whole lot of noise, a whole lot of distractions and all that kind of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend restraining I don't think that that's a good way forward. Uh, we probably really just need to talk to the specialists or the, 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 the nurse, whoever is going to be giving them the needle, and, and ask them to work with us carefully through that situation. It's pretty tricky. Ultimately, I really think that distraction techniques are the best way to go. There was an article published just a couple of years ago in the journal Pain, and what it showed is that when children are highly distressed... And when we're giving lots and lots of what we would call coping, promoting verbalizations, that is, you'll be okay. It's going to be okay. You can manage. It's not that bad. The more that we do that, the worse it actually is because mm. we're building it up so big. What, what the kids really need is, I know this is going to hurt. I know you don't like it. I'm right here for you. Give us a hug. Okay, let's go get that treat. And if we can downplay it explain, give them time. That's really what our kids need to get through this needle issue in the in the easiest possible way.
0: And I think that's what surprised me the most when we finally decided to just be truthful with our four-year-old. Yeah. It was so interesting because it was just, it's just going to be like a bee sting and, and then it will disappear. She kind of just accepted it. It made such a difference by just kind of, like you said, downplaying it.
1: If needles are in your future, I hope that the point of this podcast has been obtained and that we've been able to uh, be sharp with what we've shared. Did you see what I did there?
0: Just end now, please.
1: The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin (laughs) Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. And if you'd like more information about making your family happier, visit us at happyfamilies.com.au.